Hello, and welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, the show that combines good alcohol with some mostly friendly political banter. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson, and this week my co-host is out on a gambling binge, or work trip as he likes to call it. So in Jeff's stead, we have Dennis Skeet. Hi, everybody. Welcome back, Dennis. Happy to have you here. Yeah, it's been a while. And this week, we actually will have a third seat filled by our man from the soundboard, Yogs, over there. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Yogs. <laughs> Good to have you on. Thank you. This is an honor, as always. <laughs> Happy to have both of you here. A lot to talk about this week. We've got a lot more impeachment news. We've got some stuff going on in the Middle East. We've got some politics and pop culture to talk about. Of course, some fake news. A lot of things to cover. But before we do, of course, we're going to start with our drinking discussion. This week, we're continuing our fall theme. Last week, we had Oktoberfest. This week, I've got the Leaf Pile Ale from the Greenport Brewing Company. This fits right into the mood of October. It's one of my favorite fall beers, actually. It's 5.2% alcohol by volume, pours kind of this murky amber color, and it's got a lot of uh, vanilla and spice to the smell of it, a little pumpkin to that smell as well, and taste really follows the nose on this one. So it starts off pretty crisp, then you get hit with all those spices, and then really finishes with a, a little bit of pumpkin. It's kind of sweet. It kind of stays on the tongue there. I'll be honest, I usually hate, hate pumpkin beers. Pumpkin really? anything for that matter. I'm not a big fan. I think it's overrated across the board, but this is subtle enough that I, I really enjoy this beer. Uh, I'm kind of sad Jeff isn't here today, actually, because I had mentioned this beer on a previous pod, and his face, when I said it was called Leaf Pile, just like contorted. He seemed disgusted <laughs> by the idea. And he asked if it tasted like a pile of leaves. I was like, nah. I mean, in a good way. So like, <laughs> yeah. have a sip of this, Dennis. Oh, let me try this. I like it. Yeah? Does yeah. it taste like a pile of leaves? Not a pile of leaves. Maybe <laughs> Maybe a little hint of leaf. But no, not a pile. Yeah, um, I actually like I actually like pumpkin ales. You do? Yeah. Um, you know they don't they're only around for a little while. You know I couldn't drink them on a regular basis, but like when it's the season, I don't mind grabbing one or two. It's not a big deal. What about you, Yogs? I actually thought that was really good. I think that's got that like fallish pumpkin vibe but doesn't taste pumpkiny if that makes any sense at all which it probably doesn't but no I, it's subtle you're right yeah it's, i will have uh, a bottle of that very good they're all mine so well, you can't have any more <laughs> i also like the uh you know the art here yeah me it's too cool. <laughs> you got like the guy he's got his rake he's like half buried in leaves he's wearing like an old school scuba suit yeah with a instead of one of those giant metal helmets it's a pumpkin shaped helmet yeah yeah, uh, the artwork is actually what attracted to me uh, attracted me to this beer um, in the first place a few years ago. Yeah. So uh, every year, my friends and I will do what we call a best day ever, mm -hmm. where we pick a, a day in October to go pumpkin picking, hit the wineries, breweries out east on Long Island. Cool. So that's where I first found this beer. And one of the hallmarks of best day ever is you have to get a growler of something. And back when our our livers were in more pristine condition. <laughs> we used to just drink the entire growler, you know, before you go pumpkin picking. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Can't really do that anymore. <laughs> we're getting a little older. Those hangovers are a little more severe. But we did that this past Sunday. Went back out east and uh, picked up some more leaf pile. That's where this comes from. Sweet. Yeah. That's out of the uh, Greenport Brewing Company. 
out on Long Island. It's a great place. Stop by. They've got an awesome uh, tasting room with some live music. They just added a, a restaurant indoors. And they've got a massive outdoor area for you know yard games, bring the dogs. It's it's a lot of fun. Check it out if you're ever out that way. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, you ready to talk some politics then? <sighs> I guess so. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Our first topic today is going to be an update on uh, the impeachment inquiry that's going on. So just for any listeners that have tuned out with all the news going on, we did get a second whistleblower that's come forward. This second whistleblower is confirming what the first one said. And the second whistleblower claims to have firsthand knowledge of Trump's phone call with President Zaleski of the Ukraine. Nice. Which means this man or woman actually listened, either read the transcript, heard the call in person. So it really, I think, lends a lot of credibility to what's going on here. Nothing that's been released so far has undermined the whistleblower's complaint at all. Yeah, I, I find it funny. You know, people get caught up in all the the back and forth and between Trump and whoever else. And, you know, they're calling like, oh, it's hearsay. It's hearsay. But like... Everything that they've said has been accurate. So let's forget about like where it comes from and just deal with the evidence because it's all seemed to be proven based on all the information that's come out. Yeah, definitely. It's, it, yeah. it gets obvious when the defense is pretty much a lie. You know, it doesn't match this and that, and which we all know it does. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's basically become a political game now. Um, Republicans willing to say and do anything, especially the protection protectionists, the Trump protectionists. But we're seeing a lot of silence right now from other Republicans that don't want to go on the record with this, and they're getting away with it. There's there's yep. a lot of Republicans that have done a good, I guess, good job, I would say, at avoiding this. Like you see, like Joni Ernst, the senator from Iowa, who three times now by by her constituents has been asked, not even about the call or anything in particular, but just a simple question of, is it okay to ask a foreign government for help? investigating your political opponent that question they cannot even straightforward answer so those people have done a great job and you're seeing the attack dogs right now you know the trump supporters just basically tell you that you know this is all hearsay it's a lie all that would we all see straightforward you know that's not whistleblowers proven correct yeah yeah uh i've got a lot of faith that this whistleblower is correct and that they're doing the right thing. I got a lot of respect for whoever this person is because it definitely puts your career and maybe even life in danger doing this. So more power to them. I feel like they're going to go down as, you know, they'll be the deep throat to draw the Watergate parallels, the deep throat of this whole era. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll be looked on in a pretty positive light in the future. It's actually a little bit disturbing how many people, including some of these Trump support supporter politicians who just aren't respecting the whistleblower law i mean with this whole well we need to be confronted with this person you know the rhetoric now you know lindsey graham is just flat out at this point trying to get this person exposed trump kevin mccarthy people trying to get this person exposed when the law is very 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 clear that this person has a right to their anonymity has whistleblower protections that were passed by law yeah yep I mean, the blatant ignorance and ignoring of that is scary, if you ask me. Yeah, it's not ignorance. It's purposely done. They're, yeah. they're just trying to undermine this person, bring them into light, and hopefully, in their mind, like discredit them. Yeah. yeah. Because if there's a threat that your identity and your whole livelihood is going to be under threat, or maybe your family's livelihood, 
is going to be under threat, then maybe you shut up. Yep. And I think that's what they're hoping for there. Yeah, they want to call them a Democrat or whatever, and then that's the end of it. That's the end of the defense. Oh, they're a Democrat. That's it. That doesn't count. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I, I, I don't give a shit if this person's a Democrat or Republican, whoever they are. Even without the whistleblower complaint, Donald Trump has committed impeachable offenses. Right. And he's admitted to the stuff that the whistleblower talked about. Yeah. So even if we take the complaint out of it, Donald Trump himself has admitted to doing these things. To talking with Ukraine and soliciting help yeah, to yeah. get dirt on a foreign, um, on a, sorry, not foreign, but a political rival. And then he flat out asked China to do it yeah. on national television. Yeah, no, so, no, that's a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. According to Marco Rubio. <laughs> that's a and, joke. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, he's, he's been pretty open again. Like him and, and Giuliani came out months ago and basically said there's nothing wrong with getting um, help from a foreign country and that they would accept foreign, uh, foreign countries' help. They're just trying to make that the norm now. Yeah. Well, so, some are trying to go. Not, the, the other defense is, and you see all this from Senator from Pennsylvania to me and a couple others, it's that it's wrong, but it's not impeachable. Right, right. So that's the new defense. Yeah. Ugh. It's like it's, it's, the yeah, it's not like something you wheels. should do. Oh, they're all but. over the place. <laughs> yeah. So that's the new thing. So look, so where, where are we living right now? Yeah. yeah. And, and meanwhile, my favorite question of the week was in what they call the helicopter question time, right? Yep. Which is Which is basically the only, you know disgusting because we don't do press briefings anymore but that's that for the first time ever someone actually asked a good question when they asked trump well do you know of any other corruption cases that are being investigated by foreign governments and we're on uh we'll get back to you uh on that one yeah so, of course uh, yep. sure nice. so uh, i wonder besides joe biden uh how many of these raging corruption uh cases are being opened up in other countries that you know really need to be taken a look at kevin frankly at this point i'm surprised based on all the stupid things he said live on television that he didn't just openly admit that he's investigating every single one of the democratic candidates oh yeah yeah like that would not have surprised me either yeah. he'd be like hey, see it's normal i do it for everybody yeah yeah oh no well tomorrow you know maybe maybe now warren's getting a little bit of a buzz so maybe we can find uh, another country somewhere that has some dirt on her and right. you know, get that going and it, it's all fair game now why not it's yep. all great as this inquiry is like heating up and it's getting more and more coverage, you could tell he's starting to sweat a bit. And now the White House is going to have its way to tell people not to testify before Congress yeah. and just defy Congress, yeah. which is, I know we've thrown this word around before, a constitutional crisis. That is the definition of a constitutional crisis yeah. because the executive branch is undermining the powers of the House and Senate here. And that's just not okay. And... The Justice Department asked a U.S. judge to reject the House Judiciary Committee for the grand jury materials from the Mueller investigation, because mm -hmm. all of this does kind of tie together. But the uh, House Judiciary is asking for it, and the White House said, no, they shouldn't get that, because, you know, back in 1974, Congress got the Watergate grand jury roadmap that led to President Nixon's impeachment. Right, yeah. So their argument is if we hand this stuff over, he'll get impeached? Yeah, they're, they're, it's even more amazing than that because I, I think they, the, the judge said, well, what are you actually saying here? And uh, they actually said, well, no, we don't believe um, that impeachment should have happened. They were saying, they were saying that's the, that was the wrong decision, that president cannot be, um, cannot be investigated cannot be um, charged with a crime and that's it like they're basically saying that that was the wrong decision Ugh. 
It's like so that's that's where they are. This yeah. just sounds like all obstruction out in the open now at this point. Yeah, it is. Well, it is, and it's a matter of well, who cares? And I mean, it is obstruction, but the bet is twofold. It's one, our supporters aren't going to care anyway, so we could stonewall because none of them are going to turn on us for not releasing documents. Although mm-hmm. the biggest irony is if you look at these clips now from these House Republicans from the Benghazi investigation, yeah, what was the number one complaint? White House isn't turning over material. White House isn't turning over. It's, un, it's unethical. You see him from like Lindsey Graham has a clip on that going all the way back to like the 90s. You see all the, you know, Trent Gowdy, that clip that's yep. made gone viral now. But the other important thing is it's just a matter of not having more damaging info come out. It's a bet that's saying, hey, look, I'll stonewall because what comes out is just going to be worse anyway. So I'd rather have. Yeah, I'll take my I'll take, I'll criti- take the bet. Yeah, just yeah. the criticism of I'm stonewalling rather than all this come out. And that argument, that first argument you brought up about how we shouldn't turn anything over because the origin of the investigation is a sham. That's been a successful argument for them. That's yeah. what they did in the Mueller report. Yeah, yeah. That's how they justified obstructing justice. And it worked for them because they got away with it. And it's like, well, why not try again? Yeah. And it's also their justification for some of this nonsense they're doing in Ukraine. Basically saying like, oh, we need to find out where this, how this investigation got started in the first place. So we need to go into Ukraine and we need to get them to look into this because, um, you know, that was corruption and we need to root that out. Out and out lie. And that's the thing. And that's... it's kind of what you talked about, moving goalposts around so no one knows what's going on. It's, and the, the craziness of the fact is that you saw Hillary Clinton sat for 11 hours. For Benghazi? Yeah. Yeah. You see all the documents they turned over, all the compliance that they had for what was, you could say that was a garbage investigation. Yeah, if you're going to talk about a kangaroo court. Then. Yeah. Exactly. So the fact that Mike Pompeo is like stalling. It's just the irony is unbelievable. I mean, you're and we're, it'd be funny if this was like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, just <laughs> this happened. Benghazi investigation just was happened. like five years ago. Yeah. Just happened. The it same was, people. It it's not same. like a different generation. It's the exact same people. Totally different perspectives now. All of a sudden, yeah, they're foaming at the mouth saying how this is so so wrong and unfair. Ugh. Yeah, so we uh, got some other impeachment evidence impeachable evidence uh, this past week where the U.S. envoy to the Ukraine, Kurt Volker, turned over a whole bunch of his text messages to Congress. And in those texts, uh, it's Kurt and Ambassador Bill Taylor and Ambassador to the European Union, uh, Gordon Sondland. Sondland. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to go ahead and do a little drinking liberally theater for you all and read some of these messages back and forth. Dennis, do you have a preference? You want to play Bill or you want to play Gordon? Let me play, uh, let me do Gordon. You're going to be Gordon? Okay, so I'll be yeah. Bill Taylor. And Yogs, you'll do our, you'll do our screen, uh, screen direction Absolutely. from uh, NBC News. That's where we got these from. So if you want to set the stage, Yogs, go Absolutely. Ahead. So here we go. So on September 9th, 2019, Ambassador Taylor and Ambassador Sondland had the following exchange regarding the withholding of military assistance to Ukraine. The message to the Ukrainians and Russians we send with the decision on security assistance is key. With the hold, we have already shaken their faith in us. Thus, my nightmare scenario. Counting on you to be right about this interview, Gordon. Bill, I never said I was right. I said we are where we are and believe we have identified the best pathway forward. Let's hope it works. As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy 
to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. Five very long hours later, and a possible meeting with a certain someone. Bill, I believe you're incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been crystal clear, no quid pro quos of any kind. The president is trying to evaluate whether Ukraine is truly going to adopt the transparency and reforms that President Zelensky promised during his campaign. I suggest we stop this back and forth by text. If you still have any concerns, I recommend you give Lisa Kenna or S a call to discuss them directly. Thanks. And scene. (laughs) (laughs) So that is a wild back and forth over text uh, text message. And Bill Taylor clearly has some reservations about what's going on, is trying to get a record of this. Like, can you put it in writing for me? And Gordon is just like... Oh, shit. I see what you're doing here. (laughs) Well, I don't even think he was trying. It just happened. But the funny thing about that is there was the call me right before. Remember, it was just... Yeah, there's another one. Call me. Yeah. Like, stop writing this down, idiot. Bill, he he had a... It was a good attempt. He did a good try. Try to put it out there. And, um, you know, I got to give credit to Gordon. He, uh, He buttoned it up. (laughs) you're a gordon apologist now (laughs) yeah i mean look this is the kind of guy you want on your team when you're committing crimes and uh he did his job so and this is on whatsapp isn't it apparently which is like not government authorized yeah you should uh, be using whatsapp (laughs) for the government records because we are supposed to keep records of every government communication yeah we uh we didn't we have a a long um private emails investigation into a previous presidential candidate it's very frowned upon from what i hear from republicans that anyone use a personal or non-secure method of communication yeah i thought that was in in, in grounds to have someone locked up yeah i heard that a while ago (laughs) i've heard that a lot actually well unless you're using it for a secret ukrainian okay oh i forgot about that footnote we always forget there's that clause lock her up unless she was talking to the ukrainian president about getting dirt on a political rival (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I also want to point out in that five hours later which is very critical now two news organizations have reported that Sondland did speak directly with President Trump before sending that text During message. that five-hour yeah. gap. Yeah. Yes. That's wild. And you could tell, definitely, he spoke with somebody who was like... Shut this down. Shut it down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Everything he writes looks like it's been drafted by a lawyer yeah. here. Just, let's be very careful. <laughs> and let's also make very clear that there are no quid pro yeah. quos. <laughs> Which, again, it, it's just so silly. Like, quid quo pro, I'm going to do this for you if you do this for me, right? Mm-hmm. But... Who cares? Like, he already called and said, I want you to do this investigation into the Bidens. Who cares if he's holding up military assistance or anything else? Like, I mean, yeah, it makes it worse, but just asking for the help, that's all you need. That's the impeachable offense right Right, there. That's that's right there. Like, whether there was a, oh, I'm going to give you this or I'm going to hold this, like, okay, that makes it worse, but... You're, you're asking a foreign country to investigate your political rivals. End scene. Period. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> well, and it's mass in this. Well, it's the right thing to do. You know, if, if someone so's committed a crime, then, you know, they, and we're talking about the son of, of the former vice president as well. We're not talking about him. It's not like Joe Biden was in the Ukraine. And then there's also this, this other underplot that's going to get exposure now where Rick Perry's involved, where Rick Perry was trying to get oil well not oil but energy deals through the ukraine yeah and rudy giuliani was yes. doing that too with and his associates that's involved in this that's actually the crime that probably really should be investigated yeah we well, got to get into that too it's always projection with them though right 
because yeah. of course they're they're talking about Hunter Biden and his energy dealings out there, and. There's been no evidence that he did anything wrong during right. that time period. So, of course, it's them. It's Giuliani and Rick Perry and the Trump administration that was actually making corrupt energy deals in of the course. Ukraine. It always works out that way. Yeah. Just look at what they're screaming loudest about and just flip a mirror on them. Right. Every time. Well, thanks, guys, for participating in that uh, rousing rendition of Drinking Liberally Theater. That was fun. We should do that again. <laughs> I hope we get to do more as more evidence comes out. Yeah. Uh, but before we move off impeachment talk, uh, we did get a hard statement from Joe Biden, uh, finally, about impeachment. He's over in uh, New Hampshire, and he said, to preserve our Constitution, our democracy, and basic integrity, Trump should be impeached. So finally came down on the side of impeachment after kind of waffling every time he's been asked about it over the last couple of weeks. Do you think this helps him at all? I don't really know. I mean, I'm I'm glad he came out for it because... If you're not for impeachment, I think, again, you're you're excusing away behavior that I think there's just no justification for. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he's already kind of ahead. I, I don't see him getting more support or taking support away from others because he did this. So, you know, I don't think this really changes anything. But for me, it's it's good to see that. There's a weird uh, behind-the-scenes strategy there that I actually liked, would like to know about one day what the thinking was because there was a reason why I didn't do it. Now, right. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure some Biden staffers do. Um, I think they finally realized today that it's at a point now where why would you make yourself a story, just say it, it's fine. Maybe it's the fact that these new polls have come out, these new numbers that show that people are in support, a majority of Americans are in support of an impeachment inquiry. And close to a majority actually support even removing him from office yeah. after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So one weird byproduct of this is that it's actually kept Biden around in a news cycle where after that last debate, you see the Warren traction. It's kind of like he was falling off a bit. You've seen Warren surpass him in some polls, but he can go back to his original strategy of making it just him and Trump, which is what he was trying to do early in the primaries. Yeah. And I think he's kind of getting a benefit of that ironically <laughs> through all this but and i think i think it also is kind of good in the sense that um you know he's the target of trump and all this corruption all these all these scandals that are going on so he's got to say something and um just saying that trump's bad and we're gonna beat him in november that's i don't know if that's enough yeah i don't think that gets the job done yeah i think if biden wants to paint himself as the the warrior, that this boxer right. going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Donald Trump. I think he needs to come out with strong, definitive statements, uh, come down on the side of impeachment, don't waffle on anything. Really, yeah. you've got to be decisive at this point because Trump's going to hit you for any kind of wishy-washy response you give. You want to make sure you look as good as possible while doing it. You don't want to show any weakness for those people that might be on the fence if there actually are these fabled independent voters that could lean Biden or Trump, despite how different they are politically, uh, you want to make sure you're convincing them that uh, you, as in Biden, would be the best candidate there. And I feel bad in this sense because he's falling victim to something that is not as kind of scrutinized as much as it should be. But basically, Trump is now accusing two people, Hillary and now Biden, right, of being guilty of a crime that they did not commit or has evidence has proven that 
that they didn't. Right. When he says this on Twitter that they he's now now giving a benefit that he wants for himself about this whole impeachment inquiry, it's unfair, this and that. He's basically, in his supporters' eyes, convicted two people of crimes. Right. Because he's not saying that there needs to be he's saying they did it now. It went from they need to look into it to it's done now. If you look at the tweets now, he's outright saying that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden committed a crime. Over under two weeks before there are lock him up chants. Oh, God. Good point. Oh, wow. That's a good one. I mean, it might not be lock him up, but it might be like, in, like find the truth or something like that. Find the truth. Like some There'll garbage be some like kind that. of chant regarding chant, uh, yeah. Joe Biden's yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... I well, we got a debate next week. Oh, God. That's yeah. scary. So... He'll find something to distract with. Yeah. I could, I could see this happening pretty soon. Especially now that Biden has changed his tune and is openly calling for this. Yeah. I could see him ramping it up. Yeah. I, I could definitely see it. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> let's, before we move off this to um, some world news, uh, let's also reiterate that if you have a problem with Hunter Biden a vice president's son getting a job overseas and having business dealings overseas, and you think that's nepotism and wrong, then you should also be 100% against Donald Trump's children owning business, talking with foreign leaders, and then doing business in those countries while they are, some of them, serving in the White House in nebulously defined (laughs) positions. Yeah. So I'd argue that's a little worse, but... I don't want to get uh, bogged down in whataboutism here, <laughs> but if you're going to be upset about one, you should be upset about the other. Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost embarrassing that we even have to talk about Biden's son and what he's been doing because again, there's been no evidence of any corruption whatsoever. No, and uh, yeah. yeah, to even talk about it is just ignoring all the evidence of corruption that that we've been seeing from the Trump and his family. It's yep. it's distract. Nuts. Yeah. It's funny. Is it's like you, the same thing you could say is that even if you don't like what Hunter Biden did or something and mm-hmm. him profiting off something, it's totally legal. And it's the same thing that the Trump kids are doing. If they want to say, "Hey, we're totally in our rights to go to Scotland and profit off you know the properties there that we're working on right. that the kids are there doing or or Ivanka's clothing line and all this stuff and leverage their father's name, then you have zero you can say about Hunter Biden. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's get off that topic and on to something actually much more depressing. If you haven't followed the world news and what we've been doing to our allies this past week, uh, Donald Trump announced that the United States would be withdrawing from northern Syria, where you know the Syrian civil war has been going on for quite a while now. Uh, we've had troops on the ground to fight ISIS fighters down there and provide support, uh, in particular to another a uh, number of ethnic groups. We support uh, the Kurds is the big one you'll hear about. There are a number of others, but the Kurds will be kind of all lumped into that group mm-hmm. when you hear this story in the news. And this announcement that we're going to withdraw troops came after Donald Trump spoke with the Turkish president, Erdogan, and essentially had a call with him and then said, all right, we're leaving. Like No game plan, like just get out as fast as possible. Just pull your troops out. And this has been such a disaster so far. We've watched on unfold over the last week. Kevin fashion. Yeah. What's up? um, This is crooked from wrong. Is this, this is the second time he's tried to do this. That's right. Yeah. Cause he tried to do it before and then he kind of backtracked or something like that. He backed off after even uh, Republicans kind of came at him for it and said, we can't abandon our allies that have helped us in the fight against terrorism. 
in particular against the ISIS and right. have been one of our strongest allies against ISIS and have lost, I think the number was over 10,000 of their own men and women yeah, and fighting I think, ISIS. And I think that's why, because I, I, can, I can imagine people kind of hearing about this and thinking, well, who cares? Like, we need to bring our troops home. There's a lot of people that think just get out of the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think that what you what you just brought up is the key point here. It's like th- these Kurdish forces are like the key forces in defeating ISIS and beating back ISIS and retaking a lot of that territory that ISIS had claimed. Um, so just kind of abandoning them is just wrong. Yeah. And and why did we do this? Well, Turkey hates the Kurds. Turkey considers them terrorists themselves. Um, we do not. Like I just said, and Dennis just said, they're our allies. And then, so it's a weird situation where Turkey, a member of NATO, one of our own allies, it looks like they asked us to pull out so that they can just steamroll into Syria. Yeah. And Trump acquiesced, according to some accounts of people that listened, that it was just embarrassing to watch him get rolled over like that. And, you know, we got nothing out of this. We pulled out, and this week, Turkey rolled in. And they've been bombarding the Syrian Kurds. Um, they've been just bombing them from jets. Uh, there's a report today that they've requested air assistance from us and to create some no-fly zones with Turkey. That way, you know, civilians didn't end up getting bombed. And uh, the U.S. military has been ordered by Donald Trump to do nothing. Wow. Wow, it's unbelievable. It's, it's like, it's kind of crazy to just kind of think and imagine, like, people that our soldiers like a week ago we're fighting and yeah side by side yeah working along with side by side and like and now we're just they're just being blown up and killed and yep. we're just like whatever. see you later dude that's that's kind of crazy to think about it's and you know there's something really uh behind the scenes here that will come out one day and it's not going to be something positive it's going to be something shady definitely is the fact that none of the excuses have like have made any sense the whole idea about, well, we were going to withdraw in 30 days is one of Trump's favorite lies that's never been said anywhere. A complete lie. There was never a time frame put on this. The idea of, you know, it's a never-ending war. We're not at war there. We're kind of assisting and keeping peace, if anything. The third thing is, oh, well, our mili- we don't want to stretch our military thin. It, this wasn't a large troop deployment in the area that you can say we need to get some of these people home. Right. These are professional soldiers that are actually, if we ask them, 90% of them are probably happy to be assisting fighting ISIS or fight, helping people fight ISIS. These aren't just troops that are standing there doing nothing, wasting time that you needed to come bring home. So none of the arguments for doing this have made any sense whatsoever. And none of the arguments about removing you know, barriers and equipment have made any sense either. Because you're just leaving yeah. the Kurds out there high and dry. It's nefarious. That's the bottom line. There's something, there's something sinister going on here. Like, because because this is blood on Trump's hands now. At this I point. was about to say the same thing. Like all of these people, like yeah. that blood's on his hands, hundred percent. And to, to the I guess to the people that are that may be thinking like, well, we want our soldiers out of harm's way. Like, my understanding, what I've heard is that, like our soldiers weren't really in like live combat, like. They're really just there, so Turkey yeah. knew that if they had tried to attack the Kurds, that Americans would be hurt, and that just made them back like they just wouldn't attack. It was a deterrent. Yeah, they just they were just there, 
so that Turkey didn't do anything. Yeah. Like they weren't like the, the, the Kurds were the ones fighting ISIS. The Americans were really there yeah. just to watch the, their back and to make sure Turkey didn't advance. Yeah. And pulling out just is just leaving them high and dry. Like, it, no, it, it's an obvious thing. And the, and the other part is this idea Trump said today. Well, we don't owe them anything because we've given them all this money and they're all this other stuff. We they were fighting for people that we wanted eradicated yeah. from the region. ISIS, that is. Yeah, ISIS. This wasn't a thing where we were just giving them money to like help. Like they weren't. These aren't people that were begging for money. He made the point today that, well, these are people fighting for their own land, so it has nothing to do with us and all that. It's not like, and he made a stupid comparison saying they didn't fight in World War II or D-Day or oh Normandy. His implication being that these weren't fighters that flew to another region to fight a war on our behalf, that this is their land they're fighting for. But the stupidity of that point is the Kurds could have just been like, no, we're not helping you do this. Right. You fight ISIS on your own, and that would have been irreparable harm to U.S. soldiers. Yeah. So there are U.S. soldiers who did not die fighting ISIS in northern Syria because the Kurds were willing to take that on and help us out yeah. doing it. And, and they lost tens of thousands of their lives doing yeah, that. Exactly. And yeah. that was, to me, in this press conference earlier today, completely like a spit in the face of those people and their legacies yeah. by a U.S. president. Even Republicans are saying that. So that shows you how bad that is. Yeah. We've had a number of Republicans come out with strongly worded tweets. <laughs> angry about this. Yeah. So save it until you're going to actually take action. Yeah. It's just another instance of us shooting ourselves in the foot, hurting our international standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this undermines our relationships with any ally. Yeah. Because if there's war tomorrow and you know the UK is attacked... Can they have faith that we're going to come support them and not like back out after you know a couple months? Like no, no trust. There will be no trust, and it's weird. It just really plays into the hands of a few players in the region. Like you have to wonder what happened on that call with the uh, the leader of Turkey. Yeah. What was said directly? That's a transcript. I'd and love to read. And there's a Russian element here. I mean, the mm-hmm. Russians want the, the the Russians want the U.S. out of Syria as well. Right. Yeah. Russia backs Syria. Yeah. In this civil war, and uh, Al Assad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that. I wonder if that transcript ended up into the secret vault. Oh, it did. oh, I bet ones. it's there. It's there. Yeah, if it hasn't been actually, destroyed. Actually, we're already. joking. That's actually legit true. I saw that. I read that. It did. Yeah, the, the one with Turkey with Erdogan is in that in that <laughs> server. Jeez, <laughs> of course oh, it is. And he's coming to the U.S., which is another spit in the Erdogan face. Erdogan is. Yeah. Really? This is in the next. Yeah, he's being invited to the White House. Wonderful. So that'll be some disastrous reality show that we'll have. I feel like we just have this habit of just making additional enemies in the Middle East all the time. Because you know 20 years from now there's going to be some kid that we left behind in northern Syria that despises America. That's now. the and of you course. make an excellent point. Of and course. this is the, this this is that point that you just made completely er, like reduces the garbage that you hear from Trump people that say we should have never been in the Middle East as well. Well, you know what? We shouldn't have been in Vietnam either. What, right. are, what are we going to... You don't go back and have a new policy based on something that happened 15 years ago now. Whatever happened, that's a different debate for another day. And it's true. We probably shouldn't have gone... The argument can be made there were tactical issues with that war, right? Whether you're for or We're talking it. Vietnam? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I'm talking uh, Middle East, Iraq war as well. Yeah. And they're both very similar in that sense. There were tactical issues, and you could debate whether it should have been there or not. Mm-hmm. But bottom line is we were there. And now we're in another part of the Middle East here trying to do the same and make sure that we don't grow terrorism. And what happens again today? 
the whole, well, we should have never been there in the first place. That is the dumbest way to enact foreign policy in that region that you could possibly do. And again, I know we harp on hypocrisy and irony a lot here, but it's, it's just a through line with the administration. What was the number one thing Donald Trump would hit Obama on in Iraq? It was pulling troops out, mm-hmm. leaving a power vacuum, allowing ISIS to fill that vacuum. That was a talking point for Donald Trump throughout his entire campaign. And he'll still tweet about it occasionally. Yeah. And the irony is just completely lost on him that this is the exact same thing. Yeah. Here's a guy that has no care in the world about having two conflicting statements on something. No. Like, not even a little bit. He doesn't care. He'll like lean he, on whichever yeah. one sounds best that yeah. day for him. Remember, there's a tweet for everything? I mean, that's yeah. how it is. There's a tweet somewhere that probably contradicts everything he's saying, but it just doesn't matter. Let, speaking of tweets, let's, uh, after Donald Trump got some flack from the media and former generals and even Republicans, uh, he tweeted about this whole situation in Turkey. And this is just so batshit insane. I, I have to read this thing out. So his tweet says, As I have stated strongly before, and just to reiterate, if Turkey does anything that I, in my great and unmatched wisdom, consider to be off-limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey. Parentheses, I've done before. They must, with Europe and others, watch the captured ISIS fighters and families. The U.S. has done far more than anyone could have ever expected, including the capture of 100% of the ISIS caliphate. It is time now for others in the region, some of great wealth, to protect their own territory. The USA is great. End of tweet. Unreal. Ignoring, like I know most people are focusing on the ridiculous, I and my great and unmatched wisdom as the Wizard of Oz part of the tweet. Like this is unhinged shit right here. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of nuts. He Um, threatens to destroy the economy of Turkey, a NATO ally. Right. In this tweet. Then there's those that I've done it before. What, what does that mean? What have you done before? I, I don't understand any of that. And then also just the, if Turkey does anything that I consider to be off limits, Turkey's going in and attacking northern Syria, nor, northern Syria to take back this territory, which means Kurds will be killed. Yeah. You know what should have been off limits? Invading northern Syria. Right. Like, so people are going to die. They're going to take back this area. Like, where is the where's the off limits? Where's the line that's going to be crossed? I don't I don't get it. They they're they're not allowed to what jaywalk while they're there. Like yeah, right. w- like what's what's the thing they can't do? They're going to be killing people that were our allies. What what else could possibly be off limits? So their economy won't be destroyed then. I guess not. <laughs> oh please, yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm I'm w- I'm waiting uh, for the over and under on on when Turkey starts an investigation into. I don't know, Biden or you know Warren or coming. something, um, you know, magically all of a sudden Turkey will have some investigation into some democratic. Yeah. yeah. My, my theory is that he's Trump has a lot of business in Turkey and this isn't necessarily about making money because he doesn't care about the hills. He's, he's already doing that. That's yeah, not yeah. even being checked. I think the thing might be is they might've said, listen, we have, you're in, you're in trouble there right now. We will have to, do this unless you just get out of the way enough is enough and he finally said i don't care what republicans say i'll take the heat and is doing it yeah because there's no other justification there's no other like reasonable justification for this there's a phone call from ergodon right all of a sudden this decision's made 
I mean, it's it's it yeah. looks like fairly obvious. Yeah, this seems like a quid pro quo. <laughs> it does. I mean, it really does. Yeah, it's, it, it's always really interesting when when Trump does something that actually triggers Republicans in in Congress and the Senate to to flip out. Yeah. and condemn him. Not only Republicans, uh, another one of his big supporters. You were telling me. Yeah, like this. This part is just nuts. This Pat Robinson, you know. Big Trump supporter, uh, evangelical faith leader of yeah. mega churches, really big and and kind of even creating the whole evangelical uh, movement in America and everything. And um, he had said he had this to say about Trump allowing Turkey to go into northern Syria. And I believe the president of the United States is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven if he permits this to happen. End quote. The, the mandate of heaven? Mandate of heaven that I guess, I mean, I wasn't aware that Trump had the mandate from heaven, but apparently he does. And uh, apparently Robertson's been in contact with someone up in heaven and sent some <laughs> word on, on the mandate being about to get pulled off. So um, God decided to come to Pat Robinson himself. Yeah. But, but I mean, again, like when, when these people actually like flip out and start saying... You know, what Trump's doing is is totally off limits and wrong. It's just always curious to see because he does so many different things that are, you know, that are, that we're all like railing about. And then he does this. And then finally, like the Republicans wake up and his supporters. Yeah. But I've noticed so. something here, though. That, that I drunkenly said Pat Robinson instead of Robertson. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, I'm glad we clarified that. So there you go. <laughs> Pat Robertson. Well, what, the thing that I've noticed here, though, is something's happened here that I find really interesting. One thing that Trump would always back off on was if there was general Republican overwhelming you know, disagreement. He yeah. usually fried. Yeah. He's not done it this time, right? And nope. I've noticed something. What has the consequence been? So far. Nothing. Nothing. That's why he gets away with it. He well, keeps now, pushing but now, boundaries. But so now here's the thing. This is a new boundary passed. Because if he can now say, I don't even care if Republicans disagree, because they are so beholden to me, that it's so funny that here you have Republicans condemning this greatly, but then supporting his impeachment like argument debates, right. which are ludicrous. Yep. It's like Lindsey. It's funny because Lindsey Graham is very vocal about disagreeing with this, right? Yep. Blasting it. And his second tweet or whatever he's talking about is about how like exposing the corruption of the quote unquote corruption of the, you know, whistleblower investigation. Right. Yeah. It is that is I, I think he's crossed a new threshold here where it doesn't matter now. I'm even Republican support. I think you're right. That's pretty scary to think about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, he, he has he, he was he did, tried this before. They all went nuts and then he kind of backtracked and and but now I guess, I guess Turkey kind of said, "Okay, we gave you enough time. That's it," and he's not backing down this yeah. time. Russia and Turkey eventually get their way, and what's funny? It was well, not funny. It's scary. Is I was expecting. I don't know if you guys were. I was expecting yesterday to get like a, a kind of a cheap reversal, which is this. I thought the reversal was going to be this. I thought it was going to be we're going to we're going to take the troops out because I said we would. But there's going to be like a layer to he'd make some dumb excuse up that, you know, would kind of delay. Yeah, backtrack a tiny bit, but I, not admit defeat. Yeah. Right. I have to say that didn't happen. I'm a little very, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. yeah, I expected him to 
I expect him to back off. And I think a lot, a lot of the takes I was hearing on this, too, they also said, like, if this goes through, if he doesn't back off. Cause I think a lot of people, they just thought when all the Republicans start going crazy that he would kind of back down. But you're right. I think we're in a new, uh, we're in a new stage of the presidency. We're, Whole new ballgame. Yeah. I wonder if they are. The, I wonder if Senate Republicans are kind of looking at themselves like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. normally we put out a curt statement and he falls in line. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a really good point. I'm hoping that they realize, shit, we created a monster that we can't even control now. And yeah. it's one of those where, like, it's like, we're all fucked and then they get on board. It's very possible. <laughs> one can hope. <laughs> it's very possible. Likely, I don't know. But, yeah. but it's definitely possible. Yeah. It could happen. Anything can happen. I'm, I'm with you on the unlikely. Let's talk a little politics and pop culture then. So we've touched on this in some previous episodes where you just really can't avoid politics no matter where you go. Even if you want to go into just watch a, watch a ball game, watch a basketball game, you can't avoid politics. And the NBA in particular has been kind of at the forefront as far as um, you know social justice. They've kind of positioned themselves as the most uh, quote unquote woke league that we have in America. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on with the NBA and China, of all places. There's protests that have been going on in Hong Kong for months now that China's been trying to crack down on. So in a small show of solidarity, Houston Rockets coach Daryl Morey tweeted, Fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Pretty innocuous, I thought. Yep. And apparently it uh, really, really touched a nerve over in China. Because they got so upset about this, because God forbid you ever speak up in uh, favor of democracy or protesters' rights out there in Hong Kong. So they decided to cancel two preseason NBA games Mm. that were meant to take place over in Shanghai. And I'm sorry, but when did China decide to start, or when did we decide to allow China to dictate what we can and cannot say? Because there was a big backlash here against Daryl Morey, saying, like, well, you cost the NBA money. There was talk about him losing his job yeah. over this. Are you fucking kidding me? No. That's insane. The, the, I, I think the, the China um, basketball market is, is supposed to be, like, $4 billion or something like yeah, that. Yeah, this is a money thing. It's a $4 yeah. billion dollar industry over there that, 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 you know, the NBA is, is getting, you know, a cut of, so... What's funny is the players that that apologized, the James Harden, Russell Westbrook, because these because the thing with and with China is the players have been there like a lot. They go every summer. Yeah. LeBron James has been there, Kobe Bryant, all the biggest NBA stars have been there in China to promote the brand, and I'm sure they make money off it. That's why the players were the first to be like, "Oh no, we apologize with this because it's about money, right?" Right. Which is which is irony because it's supposed to be about you know human, when it's American human rights people athletes will protest and so you get that kind of exactly aspect but here's the thing i think there's a lot of uneducation about that like what actually goes on in china it's like we don't care because it's about it's not our country and we just get money which is you know flawed way to look at it but the other instance is the nba for a very very long time has had this don't ask don't tell policy where it's like we're doing business with china but the irony of the whole thing is so is the american government Right, you know, of course. The NBA is doing something no different than the U.S. government is doing. Mm-hmm. Business with China. Yeah. Bottom line, do you know? Do we make a statement here and there, like, yeah, you know, work on your human rights? Yeah. But we don't ever do anything about it, and this administration certainly doesn't. Yeah, they like, don't care. Doesn't even say a word. So I think the Hong Kong protests put a light on the whole thing, right? So that's how Maury gets to talking about it. I still think most of the players don't understand all the politics behind all this. 
I'm curious what happens now because money talks and money's still trying to talk and Adam Silver is trying to save this, but it's really, 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 really sticky ground because uh, Kevin, you're right. When did when does someone from another country get to tell us what we can and can't say? Right. Yeah. So that's my big problem with this, and I know you're cutting these athletes a lot of slack there. I think in my mind because my my first reaction when i saw this was like oh what what is someone like lebron james saying in response to this because he likes to position himself as you know the voice of reason and the voice of like progressive values Mm -hmm. and i'm embarrassed for him the response that he had to this that he's apologizing on behalf of a american citizen to for a again innocuous tweet it's unbelievable you shouldn't be apologizing for being pro-democracy I'm sorry. Like, it's cowardly. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I get it's for money. I understand why they're doing it. It's still cowardly. It is. I'm surprised that Chinese government has gone this far, too, because it's a business relationship for them as well, right? And it's a popular sport in China. What I don't understand is I think they, they did it where they got Trump to say, don't say anything. And he agreed to that because he's a coward and we all know what kind of leadership he possesses china has so, all the leverage here so i, I see yeah. why they're doing it because they'll say we're gonna keep our um the four billion out of your market you won't make a dime off of it so then of course they expect adam silver the nba commissioner to come you know tail between his legs and say we're really sorry yeah. we'll do whatever you guys well, want next time well they also want they want no spotlight on this issue like at all that's why yeah. they ask trump to say nothing they want this to be and that's how they maneuver they maneuver very succinctly very under the radar and the, I think what happened here, I think if this was another GM, I think if this was another, if there's a GM of the Milwaukee Bucks or some other GM that said this, right? I don't think this issue would have become a thing. But the Houston Rockets might be the most popular team in China. It is, hands down. That made it really a big deal. And it's, what you're saying is 100% accurate because uh, Maury wasn't the first person to tweet something like this in, in, um, in the NBA. And, but when he came out, it was big because... You know, any M- NBA fans know Yao Ming played for Houston Rockets. Yao Ming is actually now uh, the head of the Chinese Basketball Association in China. So he's running that league. So, like, the Rockets are by far the biggest franchise and, and, and the most popular in China. So for, so for someone in their organization to come out and say this, China wasn't going to let this go. No. And... Um, and, and the thing yeah. is, like you said, it's coming from Daryl Morey's personal Twitter account. It's right. not from the Houston Rockets' Twitter account. Yeah. It's right. an American citizen expressing his right to say whatever. And I should also say, Twitter is banned in China. <laughs> right. Would, they, yeah. It's not Which even so. funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can't even get it. Yeah. So Xi's the only one that saw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his people. But yeah. they, so they, uh, they asked Trump about this today in, a, in his press conference. And he took the time to criticize Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich. You know who are people that have criticized him in the past. So criti- mm-hmm. if you criticize him, that means you criticize America. So he accused in Trump's them of, mind, yeah, definitely. yeah, accused yeah. them of criticizing America, but staying silent on this. And the irony of it is, a Trump has stayed silent on it, and the other is the two are private U.S. citizens that have no power in the situation, but you actually have power. Yeah, <laughs> if you spoke up to do something, which is another example of how aloof he is. That's mind-boggling. And this is all to say um, that we in no way mean to offend China, our greatest sponsor of the Drinking Liberally podcast. We welcome <laughs> our overlords. Uh, did we have Chinese beer? Or we- yeah. <laughs> Brought to you, but next week. We'll- <laughs> did you guys see uh, South Park this past week? Did not. You did not. Well, 
it was oddly prophetic because they did a whole episode on China without getting too far into the weeds. <laughs> I highly recommend everyone, if you got a tolerance for South Park, go check it out. It's, it's a, a worthwhile episode. But uh, the boys create a band that, and then they're going to create a biopic for this band. And they keep getting notes from these Chinese censors saying, take this out. No, you can't have homosexuality in this. You can't have this in it. You can't have this because it'll offend the audience. And the, the director and the writers, they just keep going back and rewriting it according mm-hmm. to whatever China wants, you know, <laughs> mocking the way that Marvel movies and Disney is like uh, bowing down to anything China yeah. wants them to do. Yeah. And putting in scenes that are like Chinese specific to, you know, cater to that market. They did a really good job uh, satirizing all of that. Of course, there's a scene where one of the dads gets on the, the plane, Randy Marsh gets on the plane, and you see a bunch of Marvel characters getting on the plane with them dr- flying to China, a bunch of NBA players in the background. Getting <laughs> on. <laughs> and the whole point at the end is like, well, if we can't speak for ourselves and we're giving all that power to China, and is that the kind of world we want to live in? Yeah. Like that's antithetical to American values. It's one of those rare, I don't want to say rare episodes. South Park excels, I think, when they have an actual message behind the episodes. And it was fantastic. And of course, it got them banned in China. (laughs) (laughs) China saw this episode and said, all of South Park is banned. And I just couldn't stop laughing this past weekend, though, when we had this uh, Daryl Morey story come out. I was like, holy shit, last Wednesday, South Park was mocking the NBA for exactly this. Wow. I have to share the, uh, the quote-unquote apology that the creators of South Park posted on Twitter after they found out that they had been banned because it's a master class here. So they write, Like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and our hearts. We too love mo- money more than freedom and democracy. <laughs> Xi doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. <laughs> Long live the great communist party of China. May this autumn sorghum harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? <laughs> so uh, the perfect amount of condescension and mockery so in that good. response there. But they nailed it. They, I think they, they 100% nailed this issue, that we should not be allowing China to dictate what we can and cannot say here in America. Yeah, 100%. Money be damned about it globally. And I wonder if we'll ever get to a point, this might be the most optimistic thing I'll ever say, if we'll get to a point where there will be a company that says, you know, en- enough's enough with that. Like, we're going to leave that money on the table. I would, I would love to see it. I know Adam Silver is, is either in China or on his way to China with some meetings to basically try to fix this. You know, I know how Google has, you know, cowed to China, Microsoft, all these big companies that deal, do business over there. And, um, yeah, every single one of them ends up kind of giving in. So... I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Adam Silver's actual response to yeah. this as well. Um, he did. He had a couple of weak press responses first, mm-hmm. and then came out a little bit stronger in the last 24 hours where he said, the NBA will not put itself in a position of regulating what players, employees, team owners say or will not say. We simply could not operate that way, which is a all right statement in support of yeah. one of your coaches here. Uh could have been a little stronger. GM. GM, sorry. GM. But yeah. No, yeah, it could have been stronger, but, you know, hopefully they stick with it. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, again, like you're kind of saying how the, the players maybe not be educated on this or, or understand the whole situation going on over there. But hopefully this is something where people 
step out and do something. I'm kind of hoping or waiting for the season to start. Maybe maybe to see some um, some fans in the crowds wearing like support Hong Kong or something. That would be interesting. And and you know what do you, what's China going to do then? You know because they're airing these games, are they just not going to air them? Everyone will be playing. They'll be green screening out fans yeah. next. And um, one 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 take I had heard about this that I thought was interesting too is. You know, everyone's, of course, caving to China, but China's got tons of NBA fans. And you know, the NBA is the biggest American sport in China. And what if they got to a point where China just said, okay, no NBA here. We're not showing it. Done. And, you know, they probably, I mean, maybe they would they would probably make up some story about why that's happening, where the people... America said you can't have it. Right, yeah. Do something like that. But like... But maybe that would cause people over there to be like, wait a minute, like this is this is stupid. I don't know. That'd be nice again. Yeah, it's, it's a dream. <laughs> it might be a pipe dream. All right. So let's move on to our fake news of the week. This will be a real quick one. And as in a lot of previous weeks, revolves around a Donald Trump tweet. So he tweeted this out uh, earlier Wednesday. He said, uh, only 25% want the president impeached which is pretty low considering the volume of fake news coverage, but pretty high considering the fact that I did nothing wrong. It is all just a continuation of the greatest scam and witch hunt in the history of our country. All right, so that's the tweet. The fake news part comes in where, right at the start of this tweet, where he says, only 25% want the president impeached. He's referring to a Washington Post poll that just released uh, about the feelings of Americans on impeachment and removal from office. That 25% number is actually 25% of Republicans, not 25% of America. So it's a fraction of a fraction here. If you look at the actual numbers in this poll, it's actually much worse for Donald Trump. If we look at these numbers, we have 58% to 38% say the House was right to open an inquiry. 49% say that the House should take the more significant step of impeaching Donald Trump and also removing him from office. Wow. That's almost half of Americans. So a majority think the inquiry, the impeachment inquiry, just investigating is the right move. Mm -hmm. And then almost half say, not only that, we also support him being fully removed, convicted in the Senate. Wow. That's a lot. So if you add another 6% to that 49, they actually support the inquiry, but do not favor removing Donald Trump. Uh, So it's, not a great poll for him. And I think it's funny that he's calling attention to it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like a good move in his mind. And on he's, his part. He's, he's going to be really upset because on top of that, what I just saw was a new Fox poll has a sim- similar thing. Really? But they have it at 51% want him impeached and removed from office. So, and that, you know how he doesn't like when Fox polls. Uh, yeah, that breakup's don't. about to get another uh, little hiccup. You, you know what would be funny is if, if just like in fun, all the news you know outlets like just took his tweet and said, "Oh, the president says only twenty five percent want him impeached, but today it's up to uh, fifty fifty one percent." It's like wow, it, that's it's a more, huge increase, more than doubled in <laughs> yeah. just like two days. It's like wow, this is not looking good. And just blast that on on every network <laughs> and see how he would react. All of a sudden, he would uh, probably change his tune about that twenty five percent. Yeah, I-, I wonder how much of this is. Just the simple fact that Democrats finally made a decision one way or the other and said, we're going to move forward with it. And now the news is, here's the investigation. Yeah. Here's what we're uncovering. I think now that that's out in the public sphere, kind of the way it worked during uh, 
Watergate. Yeah. I Once mean, all that became public, like the public turned. I, I think I think the the moral story here. No idea how this is going to turn out, but Democrats just can't be running scared here. They they have to just decide what they want to do and go for it, and 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 not be afraid. Just you think what he did was impeachable. Uh, investigate yeah. him. Go have for some it, backbone and 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 don't sit here and cower. I think the one thing that really hurts Democrats is, I mean, to me, it's just pervasive. It's just a pervasive, pervasive uh, opinion about Democrats of them being weak. And, you know, I don't think you're getting anywhere with that. Not with this president. No. So on that note, we're going to close out as we did last week with some happier feel good stories. <laughs> kind of bring you back up after bringing you down. So here's our rapid fire things to keep an eye on for this particular week. The first story I've got for you all is former President Jimmy Carter. He fell down in his home and needed stitches. Now, that doesn't sound very happy. But the good thing is he's healthy, doing well, and falling, getting those stitches actually didn't stop him from heading over to Nashville at 95 years old, mind you, to kick off another home-building project with Habitat for Humanity. Awesome. This guy is a machine doing good things across the country. So more props to you, Jimmy. Our last story then... Montgomery, Alabama has elected their first black mayor, Stephen Reed. Cool. And yeah, one, it's, I mean, it's history and it's particularly important here in Montgomery, Alabama, which Montgomery is actually the first capital of the Confederacy way back before it moved uh, over to Richmond, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a predominantly black city in Alabama. So it's kind of a shame that it's taken this long to get their first black mayor. But it's happened. That's history in the you know in the right direction, a more inclusive direction, and we support it here awesome. on this pod. So that's all we have for you this week, Dennis Yogs. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, it's been great. Pleasure. You guys have been awesome. We've got uh, some more leaf pile to drink off air. Yes. We're gonna get to that. Yes. But before we do, we're gonna plug some social media accounts for you all. So if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you can do so at drinking underscore lib pod. And, of course, check out our website, www.drinkingliberallypod.com. You'll find links to some of the articles, the polls that we talked about in this particular episode. So check that out. And, of course, rate and view us anywhere you listen to our pod. We really appreciate everyone that's done so already. That's all for this week. We'll talk to you next. Cheers.